0: three two one 2, 1, from down in the dirty bird. Oh my goodness gracious! The only mustard buzzard podcast on the planet. This is Buzzardry. Here are your hosts, Ben Milam and Patrick McGee. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Buzzardry. Great to be back with you. Glad to have you with us. It is Sunday night, May 15th at the time of this recording. A day early this week. Uh, got some things going on tomorrow night, and it works out because you play a day early in the final regular season weekend of the year up in Murfreesboro, Tennessee this weekend. My name is Ben Milam, and I'm here as always with my partner, Patrick
1: McGee. Pat, how you doing? Glad to be here on this Sunday evening.
0: After a big series win, uh, I guess four or five hours removed from that, it was a big, big win. Big two yesterday and today against UTSA. We'll break that down. As always, this episode of Buzzardry is brought to you by BigGoldNation.com. It is the premier inside source for all things Southern Miss athletics. BigGoldNation.com. Be sure to check them out. All right, Pat, uh, I mentioned it right there. You dropped two, uh, your first two of the week. You go two and two. It, this is the third consecutive week you go two and two on the week. And I, I think some people were willing or ready to jump off the ledge a little bit after Friday night, a, a tough loss, and you you kind of sleepwalk. It felt like a little bit through Ole Miss uh, with a record crowd on hand on Wednesday night. And there wasn't a lot to be excited about. I guess people were just clamoring for Reese Ewing to come back um but he does and it makes a big difference and it feels like you kind of get your mojo back a little bit after taking two out of three against UTSA so before we jump into this in detail just quick fly over how do you feel after this series
1: well I feel a lot better than it did Friday night I mean Friday night i was saying, wow we might be a three seed because at the time our RBI was in the 30s we didn't have a Q1 win at that point uh But yeah, I mean, you get the bats going these last two games, and it makes you feel a lot better about this lineup, and that makes you feel a lot better about this team in general. Uh, So I am feeling a lot better now that you get the offense going uh, these last two days.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. So we'll jump right into it. Wednesday night against Ole Miss, your second game against the Rebels. And uh, Ole Miss coming in off of a weekend sweep of Missouri. Knew they were starting to play a lot better and after this weekend. They're they're one of the hotter teams in the country after sweeping LSU and Baton Rouge, but... Kind of a surging team coming in, and on the Southern Miss side of things, a lack of confidence is sort of searching in some ways. And you jump out one to nothing on a Chris Sargent home run and then kind of fall flat the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, so you, you lose that one four to one. It's just kind of a continuation of Old Dominion where you just going to get the bats going at all. But right. yeah, Sargent hits that home run in the first. Um, you feel good. You're up one nothing after two. And then Matt Adams, who was, you know, cruise for the first three innings without any trouble at all. Uh, gave up a two-run home run to Kevin Graham and then gave up another home run to Kemp Alderman. So you're down 3-1 to one in the fourth, and then you're running into some more trouble in the fifth. Uh, Tim Oko, the USM killer um, yeah. uh, from last year. Uh, we, we did get him, I think, hold him uh, in check in that first uh, game, but he, uh, he had an RBI single there in the fifth. Uh, put them up 4-1, to one, and that was the end of the scoring, and there really wasn't much of a threat until – um, the ninth inning where you had two men on and you know, one out, and you got Brandon Johnson a little bit rattled there. Um, he's kind of upset about some of the strike calls, but he was able to work out of that jam, and you lose four to one. Yeah. And uh, Adams, he pitched okay. Uh, pitched really well the first three innings, ran in some trouble second time throw the order. I went three and two thirds. gave up four hits, three uh, three on runs. Uh, walked one, struck out four, and then Ed Storm came in, uh, pitched in and gave up a run, and Stewart, Best, Rhodes, and Ramsey all pitched. Um, but yeah, that was uh, a four to one loss. And, but yeah, like you said, I guess the one silver lining was we always talk about the crowd. Yeah. And that's, you know, there was a, used to be a guy on Eagle Post, I tweeted this out. He used to say that USM fans had three things they ask after every game (laughs) what's the Ole Miss score? What's the state score? And what's the attendance? And, uh, you know, whenever Ole Miss is in town and they announce that, um, the Attendance over the public arrest and state wasn't playing that night. You have all of those questions answered, <laughs> uh, so that's you're still relying, but yeah, it was a great crowd. You know, just, yeah. it just wasn't much to be excited about for much of the game, but it was, um, yeah, 6,300 plus there on Wednesday night. And then, uh, yes, yeah, so UTSA Friday night, this was a real heartbreaker. Um, I felt yeah. like, uh, so yeah, Hall walks in around there in the first, you go down one nothing. Uh, and then, yeah, teams trade zeros, really quick-moving game. It ended up being, I think, over three-and-a-half hours. But it was really quick-moving to the first um, four-and-a-half or so. But then, yeah, Peyto hits a home run there in the bottom of the pitch. You go up three-to-one. Three to and That was good six. see because Peyto um, almost been slumping some. Uh, but then UTSA kind of – they break it open a little bit there in the top of the six. They go up seven-to-three where Hall runs into some trouble. And then after, you know, you try to bring in Harper to put out the fire, and he isn't able to put out the fire – um which you know is it's okay uh he, you know even the best closers they're not you know harper he wasn't gonna put every single fire this year he was gonna have he was due for a bad outing or two and you know obviously we're gonna get into how he came back and pitched really well today um but yeah he, he uh ran into some or yeah had some trouble uh went yeah. two and two-thirds and then he gave up three runs all of those were earned but yeah so utsa um they're up seven three there and then um after um top of the six. Then Peito hit sack fly. You go seven or you go down seven to four after six. Uh UTSA, they get another run there in the top of the seventh to make it eight to four. I mean you got it it could have been a lot worse, honestly. Gillantine yeah. got out of a base loaded jam. they were able to get a guy out at the plate. Um and then, and then he got a a double play uh to keep you in it. And um Wilkes got a uh RBI fielder's choice there uh, in the seventh make it eight to five. Um, And then in the 8th and ninth, it was just the story of missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, Gabe gets an RBI single, kind of blooped one in there to make it 8-6. to Uh, Dickerson gets an RBI double center field, or couldn't quite get to it, made a diving effort. And then Ewing walks, so you have the bases loaded with uh, only one out, you feel like you're going to take the lead. And then Sergeant Wilkes strike out back-to-back, and that got UTSA out of the inning. Uh, Then UTSA threatens there at the top of the ninth, And um, anyways, you have a a man on third, to one out, you get a fly ball, Peto makes the catch and then uh, throws it in, the relay, and then they get him out at the play, double play, which uh, you know, keeps it a one-run game. And then again, you threaten in the bottom of the ninth. Uh, Lynch kind of puts it in no man's land, opposite field, uh, shallow uh, left field to, make it, or it, to get a leadoff double there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, McGillis strikes out, Peto flies out to center field and Rodrigo flies out to um, left field, and that was his end of the game. So, it was a story where you had chances there in the 8th and ninth, and you just couldn't cash it in. It was yep. just kind of struggling with runners in scoring position. But uh, Hall wasn't his best outing, uh, although he wasn't terrible. But, he, you know, he covered five innings. He had about five hits, four earned runs, uh, two walks struck out eight. eight. Uh, Rhodes came in one-third of an inning, gave up a run. Uh, and then Gellenton Ramsey kind of kept you in a position where you could win, um, even though you couldn't cash it in there in the 8th and 9th. Uh, Gellenton went two scoreless. Ramsey threw a scoreless inning but yeah you lose eight to 7 and that was kind of when panic set in you felt like the whole season was ending not, <laughs> there's no way we can host i was really feeling like that honestly that we weren't just with the way yeah. the rpi was looking it was not looking good Yeah. and uh, you know we're going to get into how that kind of changed a little bit but so like yeah, saturday a must saturday and sunday both must wins but yeah. uh saturday you went 8-3 and then um yeah johnson Blake johnson gets two rbs single there um in the second you, you had a double steal they got two minutes more in position you got two nothing in the second Gabe hits a uh, rbs single Yep, three-nothing in the fourth. You feel it, like you're feeling good. And then uh Flores, Ryan Flores God for UTSA, who had a great weekend yep. uh for those guys. Had a three-run home run uh to make it three to three there in the sixth. Um and then yeah, you but then Dickerson gets sacked sack fly in the sixth, you go four to three. Um, and then in the eighth, you you really wake up the bats, really kind of finally wake up. McGillis has an RBI fielder's choice. Peito hits a two-run home run. Dickerson gets an RBI double, then they have a run score on an E9. Uh, and you go up eight to three after seven, and that was the end of the scoring. So, yeah, Riggins uh, pitched pretty well, you know, with him. It's, it's never going to be super clean, but I really I mean, through the first five innings he was rolling, ran into a little bit of um, trouble there in the six, but it was kind of a typical Riggins start. He went six innings, uh, gave up four hits, three runs, two walks, um, six Ks. Um, so, yeah, pr- pretty good outing for him. And then uh, Rogers comes in, throws three scoreless, um, walked one, Um Struck out two, and uh, yeah, they only, I guess the only guys that reached when uh, Rodgers was was that walk, and then there was an error uh, there in the ninth. So, uh, mm-hmm. good outing for Rodgers there. So, he up the series 8-3. Um, and then Sunday, this was the uh, another you know must-win game. You, you win 9-5, and uh, he didn't get off to a good start. Ryan Flores, uh, like we were saying, he kind of killed USM all weekend. But uh, he had a two-run home run there um, in the first. Uh to go two nothing. But then you come back, they UTSA, I guess I should have mentioned it there on, on Friday. UTSA brought in um Luke Malone yep. there who's been kind of their ace this year to close it out. They brought him back on um on Sunday, but they had an opener today. Um TSO's opener, he he wasn't I can't remember his name, uh, Drake uh something, I believe. And but anyway, he he was not very good. He he gave up three runs there in the first inning. So they brought in uh Luke Malone. Um, but yeah, you get a uh, Ewing RBI double there in the first, and then a Sergeant home run to go up three to two. And then U TSA comes back in the third, uh, gets a three-run third, let uh, it go five to three. Uh, and then USM answers right back. Uh, you get Sergeant hits another home run. Wilkes hits a home run back to Bill actually on back-to-back pitches. Um, so you tie it up five to five after three. Um, so yeah, yeah Ewing hits a home run. Um, two-run home run there in the fourth. It was good to see him because uh, you know he's just. Hit that home run because obviously you're just coming back, um, and they kind of talk about how when you have those hand in- injuries, kind of saps your power for the first uh, when you first come back. Um, but so yeah, it was really good to see him uh, hit that home run. Also, you know, hit that double earlier as well. Yeah. But yeah, you go up seven to five after four. Uh, Sargent hits his third home run of the day in the seventh. You go up eight to five. And then uh, Peto hits another home run insurance there in the eighth. You go up nine to five. Uh, and then you're able to hold them uh, up to zero runs or no runs in the um in the ninth. Uh so yeah, Waldrop got the start, wasn't his best outing with three innings, uh gave up five runs. It did strike out six, but they were um they were hitting him uh pretty good there um when he was on the mound. But um yeah, then you had Adams came in and you kinda think he'll be a middle relief guy. We've talked about middle relief, fourth or fifth starter uh going forward, but he pitched um one and one third storm pitch one and two thirds. Uh Ramsey went an Ramsey went in an inning. I guess we'll we kind of talk about that injury. It doesn't seem like a super serious said in the post game. Yeah. It sounds like it's just kind of a deep bruise. So we'll see if he'll be available for MTSU, but not something that you would expect him to be out for the year. And then uh, Harper came in and uh really kind of redeemed himself on Friday went two innings scoreless. So yeah, bullpen pitches six scoreless innings. Uh really good job against a pretty solid uh UTSA lineup. Yeah. And that was, uh, yeah, so you win the series two out of three and much needed uh, to get you back on track. So
0: Yeah, that is, that is an understatement. I, and, and I'm with you, and I think most people were after that Friday game. But I mean, it's amazing how quickly things can change over the course of a, a college baseball season. I mean, three weeks ago, you were top five in the country, and then after that Friday game, you're kind of wondering, are we going to play ourselves out of an at-large bid? Because you, you lose this series, you go lose, and – in Murfreesboro and and you know go to and barbecue in the conference tournament then you're probably out um and so those those next two were as big as they get I think it's part of why I think you feel a lot better about this team after today is is that they they showed up on Saturday and I think they could have easily sort of just lost it you know after that Friday game because you really you you swung it better uh, on Friday against their best. I mean, they threw everything they had at you on the mound, which is not much, but they, they threw their very best and double-digit hits. You had 10 hits. Yes, you did not come up in the big spots, but felt like you were better at the plate, sort of had that confidence, and felt like you were going to win at the end, I think, and then it just kind of it, it, it got ripped out of your hands with some non-competitive at-bats and just some hard balls hit at Gloves on Friday, and I think you could have easily, Southern could have easily showed up to the park on Saturday and just kind of not phoned it in, but, you know, played with a lot of lethargy and and did not have any confidence going into that game, but created confidence for yourself with some changes and approaches were a lot more competitive at the plate both yesterday and today, Saturday and Sunday, and so I, I think you feel a lot better after this skid uh, we do have some questions we're going to answer. And I think one of them pertains to this about what are the good things, if there are good things that come out of this skid. I think after today is that you have proven to yourself that you can turn it around and, and you still have it in you to beat good ball clubs. And this was a good ball club that you beat. And particularly when your bookend guys in the starting rotation don't have their best stuff. I, I, you showed that on friday i think giving yourself a chance to win even after six runs sixth inning and then today you mentioned just you get 3 out of waldrop and doesn't have his best stuff and uh, y- you know you put 13 hits on the board and hit it, six home runs and and again this is you know it, it's hard you're not going to hit six home runs against really good pitching staffs usually this was not. This was really not a great pitching staff. It's. Uh, I would say it's one of the worst ones you'll see in conference play.
1: i say but, they're average, but yeah,
0: I, yeah, average to below average. I mean, they. We talked about how they kind of match up well with with our lineup, with as heavy righty as they are. But, man, just about every guy came in. I think you tweeted something. It, it was, you know, eighty nine, ninety one, and very very heavy fastball, yeah. which it, you, we kind of have a fastball hitting lineup yeah um and so that's not to take away from the offensive performance but sometimes it it just takes one either one guy having a big weekend or a big day I think you had that both in Carson Pato and Chris Sargent it you can look at Reese Ewing too uh to get you out of a, a funk like this and and I think you dig yourself out of it you prove to yourself that you've still got it and still you know have the potential to put a bunch of runs on the board and so yeah, you, you you kind of turn on a dime from you know feeling really good three weeks ago and feeling like your season could very well be on the brink of being over after Friday and then and feeling like you're in a good position again. Um, so I, overall, a positive week, which is is strange to say, but you know after losing the first two, but I, I think you take it. I think you take winning in the series and you know giving up those, those first two losses, you would much rather have. Won the second two rather than winning the first two.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I think when we kind of talked about, like, you, you wanted to go, I guess, at least, or the news report, I think last week said, like, four and three, but you wanted to win the series this series. Because if you would yeah. lo- even if you had won, if you'd gone two and two, and um, let's say you'd beaten Ole Miss, but you lost two and three to UTSA, well, that would have been a step backwards. Yeah. Um, whereas even if you lost to Ole Miss and didn't look great, you win the weekend. You, you take two or three, you feel like you took. Tip- took a step forward. So, yeah. Um, and it's uh, I guess we can maybe get into the, the scenarios. We'll get into the postseason yep. RPI. And then we, we just talking, I guess, the, the clinching scenarios for regular season. So, I mean, it's basically uh, USM is dormy. That's a golf term. I don't know how many – maybe some of our listeners will get that. But basically, USM just needs to win one more game uh, to clinch um, the um, the regular season title. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, it's like a match play. If, you, if you, need, you just need to win one more hole to uh, win the match – um, but, uh, yeah, so USM very good position to win the regular season. Yep. I uh, just need to win one out of three. Obviously you want to take two or hopefully three, but, um, but yeah, and t- as far as the postseason goes, so it was not, it was looking really bad. Honestly, on Friday night, you're in the thirties of RPI, even Kendall Rogers, I believe had a tweet or, or maybe in an article saying that it looked like USM's host chances are going down, host chances are going down the drain. But right now, as this could change, uh, Maybe by the time this goes out, because there's still a couple games going on. But uh, 20 in RPI, 54 strength of schedule. Now you're up to four and seven, top 50. So UTSA, those are two top 50 wins. You have Ole Miss is now pretty solidly in the top 50. Yeah, and then um, Old Dominion, I believe, is number they are exactly 50. UTSA is 47. So again, you're having most your three or four kind of right there on the on the edge of top 50 and top 100. But yeah, your four and seven top 50, 19 and 13 top 100. And the needs report did not update um, today. But as of yesterday morning, it said basically if USM won, this was before, so um, this is when we had five games left. Obviously, I have three games left. But um, it was saying that if USM won out at that point, USM would finish in the top 16 RPI. So now you've won the, these last two. So it's estimated if USM won or swept MTSU, you'd finish in the top 16. Um. So, yeah, you're in a position where you can get in that top 16. I was looking yesterday, the 20 through 21 through 30, and the RPI were really bunched up. So right now, USM is 40 spots behind, 40 or sorry, 40 points behind the number 16 team. That's Florida. But I, I, we don't know the RPI impact of MTSU, but I would guess if you, uh, it's probably something like 25, 30 points for a win maybe. So if you like swept that, you'd get up, you'd gain 90 points. And if you did that, you'd be, I mean, almost pretty close to like top 12 if you were to sweep MTSU, and then if you took two out of three, you may be where you are right now, maybe a couple spots above. You might be in that 18, 19 range. So the way I feel right now is USM's, I was just kind of looking at the, and I'll probably, I'll probably post some kind of article on this, I think, um, on the Catfish Po'boy blog, but just looking at the host profiles. But right now, I, I think USM is the 17th, 17th team. Uh, out of the host, I would have us as the first, basically first host out. Uh, but I think there's very, or it's very possible for us to play our way in. I just think, but but as as we see right now, I'm just looking at like Florida State. I probably have them above us because they're 15 and 12 in the ACC, number 17 RPI. But they got to go to UNC this weekend. They lose that. They got to 16 and 14. That probably keep them out of a host. Uh, you look at um Gonzaga. That's I mean really the last two teams I, I was looking at for the 16th host spot were us and Gonzaga. And I thought Gonzaga had the edge on us just because they are uh, they have better quad one record. They swept um, Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State, which is a very good series win. I mean, that's honestly one of the better series performances of any of these um, uh, host bubble teams. But, yep. I mean, it was a big shakeup. You know, I was kind of thinking LSU, they were a solid solidly host. Well, now I don't think they have any chance of hosting after getting swept at home by Ole Miss, their RPIs in the 30s. But, so I, I said last week that, 17 of 22 uh, non-power conference teams that finished with the top 16 RPI. 17 of the 22 of those teams hosted in the BB Core era. So I went and dug a little deeper on that. Um, so anyways, there have been 55 teams in the BB Core era, which is since 2011. 55 teams that have won a top 10 regular season title, which USM is going to do if it just wins one more game, and, and finished with the top 16 RPI and 54 of those 55 teams that have done that though done those two things have ended up hosting the only team that did not was Radford in 2015 they finished with like a 15 rpi they won the big south regular season which was the number 10 rpi conference and they did not host so i mean history just just going off history if usm wins the csar regular season title which is very likely finishes with a top 16 rpi that is good enough for a host spot so we'll see you know it would be a very you know only southern miss moment for us to be the second team uh to not get a host spot with those credentials uh but yeah i guess just coming into this next week the teams you want to root against you want to root against gonzaga you want to to root for san diego you know we, we think uh bill mcgillis might be listening to this so we want san diego to beat gonzaga you want unc to beat florida state um you want uh, Maryland. Uh, I think Maryland's probably safe, but, uh, I mean, let's see. Their last series is, okay, they go to Purdue. So you want Purdue to uh, beat Maryland. You want um, Missouri to beat Georgia. Had Georgia, that's probably not likely. But, yeah. Uh, I, so, yeah, right now I would have us as probably the first team out of hosting. But I think if you take care of your business, the, the way I see it is if you win – Two out of three against middle and then win the conference tournament, or if you sweep middle and then get to the final of the conference tournament, I think that's enough to host. But that's just kind of a gut guess feeling.
0: Well, you've you mentioned there the teams you root against and we've talked about at length last week the fringe top fifty wins you have, and now you have four, like you mentioned, with two this weekend at UTSA staying in that. They host UAB next weekend and so could potentially fall out of that. How much bearing so, so hypothetically, you sweep next weekend. You play on Sunday the conference championship. How much bearing does this have? All these fringe top fifty teams say they fall out of the top fifty and makes your top fifty record looks a lot worse. How much bearing does that have on your resume?
1: I mean, that's kind of the uh, the million dollar question. There. I don't know. You know, like I said last week, um, out of those, there's only been like maybe. Or out of those seventeen uh, non-power conference teams that um hosted, only one of them had fewer than six top fifty wins. That was Lafayette and fourteen. Um, so I think I mean I think if you like if you were four and seven, I think that would honestly be enough, even though it's not great. But that's four top fifty wins, which is not. I mean, it's not great for a host, but it's enough probably, especially if you have a top sixteen RPI. But yeah, I mean, if you, well, I guess uh, I Ole Miss is probably locked in to um being uh top fifty at this point. So I would say, let's say your worst case scenario, you're one and four against top fifty. So you went one and one against Ole Miss, and then you went zero oh and three against Dallas Baptist. So you're one and four. But let's say you're fifteen RPI, one and four against top fifty, and you won the regular season title. I don't know. I mean, that'd be that'd be a really interesting resume. But I feel like if you were like at four and seven, or let's say like Alabama, if Alabama they're in a rain delay right now against Auburn. Um, out they were tied one to one in the bottom of the fifth. So, but if Alabama wins against Auburn, that's another top 50 win. So then you're five and seven, which l- looks a little bit better. So, I mean, yeah, like you're saying, UTSA root for UTSA, root for La Tech at Charlotte, uh, Lafayette. They're probably they got swept at Texas State, so they're probably not have a chance. They probably won't have a chance to get the top 50, but yeah, root for LaTeX, um, UTSA, Alabama, um, and I'm trying to think who else you might want to. Oh, or do you? Yeah, I mean that's, that's one and two, but that is one. Now they do, pl- or oh, they go to WKU. So they'll probably fall out anyways. Um, yeah. but yeah, I guess we will get an MTSU. MTSU is top fifty right now. Yeah, and they play at Vanderbilt. Um, so if I mean even if they lose, that's not going to hurt them. They might even jump them up a couple spots. But if they were to beat Vanderbilt uh, midweek, that might solidly put them in the top fifty. And they might be able to stay there even if we sweep them. So root, and that's another root for MTSU against Vanderbilt, root hard for MTSU to beat Vanderbilt in midweek.
0: Yeah, so obviously, a, a whole lot of factors here, and a lot of stuff out of control of Southern Miss. But I, I'm uh, I'm with you on that. Looking through all this stuff, I, uh, you, I don't think necessarily have to win out, but I I think you got to sweep next weekend and play yourself pretty deep into the conference tournament, uh, which, of course, is in Hattiesburg, and that's that's a big advantage as well. Somebody had the question, um, and I'm not sure if you answered it or not, is the conference tournament considered a neutral or a home game as far that's, as RPI? That's
1: a really good question. I think it's considered neutral because I went back and looked at the NCAA archive team sheets from 2016 it was the last time that we hosted the conference tournament uh, in Hattiesburg, and it said... Yeah, all, the, all the games that we played in the conference tournament were counted as uh, neutral. Uh, so I'm assuming they're going to be counted as uh, as neutral. I mean, honestly, I don't know if that's fair. Uh, I think – I mean, I would I like that because it helps USM. Uh, but, I mean, USM is not only going to be playing at home, but we're going to be you – know, unless they've changed the rule, where the higher seed is the home team in every game now. That was the whole thing with La Tech last year. was the home team because yep. they were the high seed in our bracket. So with USM being the one seed, USM will be the home team. Um, in every game as well as playing at home, so I mean, it's basically a home game. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll take it if it, they count it as a neutral, and it's really a home game, I and mean, that helps us. So I'm not, I won't complain too much about that. I
0: wouldn't be surprised to see Conference USA maybe tweak the rules a little bit. Yeah, so, so they call the
1: NCAA and say, "Hey, this is this is a home game. Devalue these wins." <laughs> That's right.
0: So your final regular season Conference USA series ever this next weekend against Middle Tennessee. It kind of all comes down to this, and uh, we mentioned it's. You kind of, you got to get, you got to take two if you want to be considered uh, for a host spot. got to win one to solidify the conference championship, and a sweep would go a long way for the postseason picture. So, Pat, let's look at Middle Tennessee.
1: Yeah, so they're, they're 29 and 20, 17 and 10 in the league, uh, 49 RPI, 87 and Massey. I mean, they're kind of the opposite of Charlotte, where the, their RPI is a lot better than their Massey Ma- or Charlotte. They have a, like a top 50 Massey, but they're, RPI is not very good, but yeah, I mean their, their rotation they've kind of, kind of have a bunch of swing guys, guys that have started games, to guys that have come in relief. So I mean, who knows who we can see? But they're big five guys, I guess. And I'm guessing we're gonna see these first two because they're lefties. But uh, Peyton Wigginton, he's a lefty, 3.66 uh, ERA, 124 WHIP, uh, 14 walks, 66 K, 76 plus innings. So yeah, good numbers there uh Trent uh, Siebert, uh another lefty 281 ERA 118 whip 18 walks 63 Ks and 57 plus innings so yeah i mean those are i would guess the guys you see on thursday friday yeah um and those are two lefties with good numbers so that that does not um you know really match up well kind of similar to ODU but then uh Eric Swan he's another guy he's gonna, he started um this weekend against Rice for him uh 755 ERA 174 whip um, 27 walks, 41 Ks, and 47-plus innings. Uh, could also see Zach Keenan. He's another guy that logged a bunch of innings for him. Uh, 543 ERA, 139 whip, uh, 22 walks, 53 Ks, 71-plus innings. Another righty. And then Jaden Ham's a guy you could see. 334 ERA, 126 whip, 29 walks, 65 Ks, 59-plus innings. Uh, and then uh, uh, pitching as a team, uh, pretty decent. Maybe a little above average numbers. 469 ERA, 140, uh, three whip, Um Offensively, you know, kind of average, so maybe a little bit below average. 283 batting average, but 781 OPS. Uh, best hitters, Jackson Galloway. He has a 10 10 OPS, 362 batting average. He's hit seven home runs. You got uh, Fausto Lopez, Mason Spears. Those are probably their next two uh, best hitters. They both hit eight uh, home runs. So it's a team uh, kind of like Old Dominion. You have those two guys at the front uh, that I'm guessing we're going to see are lefties. Um, but, yeah, offensively, I mean, they're not a, they're not nearly as scary as Old Dominion offensively. I mean, they're kind of middle of the pack. Uh, so, it's the team. It's going to be a good RPI series, especially if you sweep. Yep. Um, but this is another a series where you should, you know, you'll, you're favored to win two out of three. And if you play really well, uh, you know, you can sweep this. And MTSU is a team you've had a ton of success against. U, USM has won 21 in a row against MTSU. Since they've joined the league, USM is 21 and one against MTSU. Uh, the last loss USM had against MTSU was the Friday game in 2014. Um, so that is, yeah, the the, guy, the guys on this team, they're probably like in elementary school, like Carson Pato and maybe like Slade Wilkes were probably like in fifth grade then. <laughs> so, yeah, that's pretty crazy to think about. Yeah.
0: yeah, and, yeah, like you said, a series you should win, a series you could sweep. But, I mean, a, a good baseball team, that can certainly beat you two out of three. Um, as we have seen these last couple of weeks, if you don't come to play, and you, you look at their schedule, how their regular season has gone, it's a, it's kind of Jekyll and Hyde a little bit. I mean, they won two out of three at Auburn. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's, I mean, that's the most impressive weekend any C O C team I had in yeah. non conference.
0: Two out of three in Ruston against Louisiana Tech. Um, but then they have, you know, they you dropped one to. Western Kentucky uh, dropped one to FIU, uh, but then absolutely obliterated Rice this weekend. Actually, I actually think this, yesterday took extra innings for them to win that one. So, yeah, capable of beating really good teams and have also lost some head scratchers. Um, I, I think Old Dominion put up 23 runs on them in, the, in their Friday game. And so bullpen, not great. Uh, maybe similar ish to UTSA in that respect. Um, and so you're going to have to swing it really well. Uh, they don't hit for, you know, just fantastic power numbers. And so, um, you know, I, the UTSA comp works a little bit like that too. I mean, if they're going to try to poke you to death if they can. And so you got to play clean defense like you did pretty much all weekend um, against UTSA. And, Clean baseball, confident approaches at the plate. Uh, you know it's going to be another one of those series, like like the UAB series, the Charlotte series, really any road series you've played this weekend in conference play, where it's you're going to have to create your own energy. It's uh, it's going to be another test of the maturity of this team, particularly after these last three weeks and the skid you have been in. So it kind of all comes down to this again. Like I said, it's it's funny. Just the college baseball season, how it works. That after all of this, it, it comes down to a series against Middle Tennessee State to really solidify thing and, and w- solidify things of what your postseason picture is uh, is going to look like. So uh, you got to play really good baseball to win the series this weekend.
1: Yeah, you are, and th- this is like you're saying, uh, you got to create your own en- own energy there. Uh, but this is a big series for MTSU too. I mean, they're probably going to be right on the bubble. I yeah, mean, if they were to beat us two out of three, that might be enough to get them in as an at large. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really big series where we're trying to get in as a host. They're trying to get in as an at-large. So this is, I mean, probably a lot sim- uh, pretty similar to this weekend, just where sure. uh, UTSA is on the bubble. We're trying to get a host. So, um, yeah, a lot on the line for both clubs.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, do we know if that will be an ESPN Plus or CSA uh, TV? I'm, I'm assuming guessing C- CSA TV. CSA
1: TV because MTSU, they're one of the leftovers. So I don't yeah. – I think, yeah, I think the um, – the teams leaving are kind of renegades. They're like, we, we're just going to go ahead to ESPN Plus, and we don't really care. But, yeah, I, think, I guess issues on CUSA. TV.
0: Okay, okay. Well, starts on Thursday. Six o'clock start on Thursday, is that correct?
1: Uh, you pro- yeah, uh, Probably,
0: yeah. So. Well, well, I'll let you look that up to confirm that. Uh, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you come home for a yes, uh, long week at the park. Six o'clock, six, six o'clock.
1: Six Thursday, six Friday, one on uh Saturday
0: okay there you go come back to the park and get ready for conference tournament play with three big old baseball games in Murfreesboro uh, got to play really well to finish where you want to finish and this team certainly is capable of sweeping this series it's got to be locked in you got to play like you did yesterday and uh, today that anything else on this next week I think that is it all right let's take a look around the conference
1: yeah, so I guess to start off a non-conference, so North Alabama swept Bellarmine, and I'll, that, I mean, that is good for UNA. I think they're 5-22 and 22 in the A Sun now. But, like, it was just, U- UNA is, like, 287 RPI. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, honestly, if we had just replaced them with, like, USC Upstate or Eastern Tennessee State or somebody like that, I mean, we'd probably be in the top 16 of RPI. Uh, so that was just kind of, uh, yeah, tough that we played that series instead of just a team that was just kind of garden variety bad instead of a team that's, you know, or, play, like, You'd rather play a, a team that's just regular bad instead of playing like a top-bottom-20 team yep. uh, An RPI. So, yeah, hopefully just going forward, uh, you're, you're usually going to schedule two, maybe three by series every year. Uh, but you'd rather play teams that are at least somewhat competitive just so they don't drag your RPI down uh, like North Alabama is. So that's, I just kind of wanted to say that. But yep. um, uh, Jacksonville State took two or three against Central Arkansas. ULL was swept at Texas State. That was uh, kind of a bummer. Uh, they were they were in all three games. They really, uh, yeah. I was watching the other game yesterday where they grounded to double play. Yep. Uh, they're in into the ninth, but uh, and then DBU took twenty three against Evansville, um, which DBU really needed a sweep there because uh, Evansville was three games ahead of them in the MVC. and um, now they're just I mean they got a game back, but it's it's not going to be enough enough to catch them uh, more than likely. DBU needed that uh, to win that regular season, but uh, in the conference, uh, like we said, MTSU swept Rice right. a twenty one seven game today. It was 14-0 at one point, and then it was 18-2. to So, yeah, Rice, they're just completely in disarray. But uh, LaTex swept WKU. Uh, Old Dominion swept Marshall, I believe. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yes, yeah. Um, Charlotte, Uh, did they? They ended up, okay, they won. They, they were playing because they continued the game from last night into this morning, went 15 innings, and they came back and played a third game uh, later this afternoon, and Charlotte did win that. Uh, so yeah, they took two or three at FAU, and then FIU took two out of three at UAB. Uh, so the standings as of right now is USM one, La Tech is two games back, um, UTSA is third, MTSU is four, and then you have a three-way tie for fifth between ODU, Charlotte, and FAU. I don't know how that tiebreaker breaks down. Um, so yeah, I'm too lazy to figure that out. Um, right now, but and then UAB is eighth, and then um. Ninth, you have Marshall, FIU, 10th, WKU, 11th, Rice, 12th. So I'm trying to – so if UAB – let's see, there are three games clear of Marshall. And they do have that head-to-head. So you, so yeah. they wrapped up the – Yes. Yeah, 8c. 8 will eight, Or it'll, uh, worst 8c. Or no, yeah, they can't be – okay, they're four games back of those teams in the log game for fifth. So, yeah, they are locked into the 8. So, yeah, those are your eight teams right there that are – um it's already solidified. USM, Tech, UTSA, Middle Tennessee, Old Dominion, Charlotte, FAU, and UAB. So those bottom four teams cannot get in. So yeah, I mean, if um if the season ended uh right now, you play UAB. I mean th- th- that is going to happen. Um, uh, assuming you win one of those games at MTSU, you will play UAB, uh Wednesday at four o'clock, um in the conference tournament. So um yep. maybe get a little bit of payback there. And then your uh the four seed in your bracket um would be uh MTSU, and then whoever has the um, I can't figure out the tiebreaker right. I mean it might. Charlotte might have that tiebreaker, I think, against. I think because they took the series against FAU, and they beat Old Dominion, didn't they? Charlotte took two out of three at Old Dominion. They did, yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking Charlotte has that tiebreaker. (laughs) Charlotte would be the five. Um, yeah. So you you would be USM, MTSU, Old Dominion, and UAB in that bracket, which is a pretty favorable bracket. Yeah, I think
0: I think you'd take that.
1: So, although Charlotte is playing really well right now.
0: Yeah. So okay. Before we move on to questions, tell us who we need to root for again this weekend.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, UTSA, uh, La Tech, LaTeX, yep. um, San Diego, just in terms of the hosting, uh, you want to root for Purdue, uh, root for North Carolina, root for Missouri. Um, those, yeah, those are the kind of ones that just jump yep. out to me. Yep did um, uh, just real quick, these the at ad, at a conference team series, uh, UNA goes to Lipscomb. Jacksonville State goes to Bellarmine, ULL hosts Loderock, DBU goes to Indiana State. Uh, in the league, UAB goes to UTSA, FAU at Marshall, ODU at WKU, La Tech at Charlotte, and Rice at FIU. So.
0: There you go. Anything else on this next week around the conference? Pat? I think that is it. Okay. All right, we'll take a few questions here. I did tweet this out, I mean, less than an hour before we started recording, so. Double-check and see if we have a few more. We do have a few more. We'll catch those. Uh, As always, appreciate you asking some questions. First one from – or first three from Southern Miss scoreboard. Uh, Well, I guess we'll take them one by one. How do the bats make you feel this weekend?
1: Uh, I mean, a lot better. Because, you know, I was just kind of like, all right, well, the the injury just completely, you know – drag the offense down to where it's just not really good at all. But, I mean, yeah, you showed up. And, we, you know, we talked about it was a good matchup. Uh, so, you got to factor in that part of it as well. Uh, but Bass looked like they were alive this weekend, and you just hope that can carry into these last um, last weekend in MTSU in the conference and the coverage tournament in the regionals. But, yeah, I mean, if the offense can do what they did, uh, this weekend I and mean, it makes you feel uh, pretty good about the yeah. uh, the postseason
0: yeah I think you feel a lot better and, and even considering the fact that it was a really good pitching match matchup for you sometimes it just takes some kind of confidence and and double digit hits all three weekends even you know considering the pitching matchup it, it, I mean there was just zero confidence in this lineup. After Wednesday night, I would say, and, and um, maybe got some Friday after, you know, you, you did give yourself some opportunities and almost came back in that game. But after, after Saturday and Sunday, I think you feel a lot better and feel like the lineup just looks a, a lot different. And the approaches are different just because of that confidence, and uh, you hope that can continue up in Tennessee this weekend. Would you rather be a two seed at a favorable regional or host and have a brutal regional? Age-old question.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty uh, philosophical question. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Well, I'm trying to think of, like, an easy regional. I mean, that would be, like, let's say we went to, I don't know. Like, what if we went to, I mean, there's no way they'd send us to Gonzaga, but, like, what if we went to Gonzaga? <laughs> yeah. And, like, our three seed was, I don't know, like, you know, some team, that's some Pac-12 team that's, like, a three seed. I don't even know who that, I don't even know if there is a Pac-12 team that's a three seed this year, but. Yeah, or, or you could say, well, then we could host, and our two seed is LSU, or or let's say our two seed was Florida State, and our three seed was Ole Miss, Ole Miss yeah, and four seed is like Campbell with Thomas Harrington, oh, uh, first rounder. I mean, that would be extremely difficult. Uh, so I don't know though, but I mean, uh, I don't know what an easy regionally w- would look like. Uh, well, let's th- say you went to Maryland, Maryland, is, yeah. If you went to like Maryland and you were the two, and like ECU, I'm not saying ECU's bad, but well, ECU is very beatable <coughs> team, yeah. Uh, especially with uh, Wiz and Hunt out. Uh, so let's say they're the three and the four seeds like Cobbin State or somebody. I mean, yeah. yeah. I, I, honestly, I, maybe I would take that over a plain old FSU Ole Miss and Campbell.
0: Yeah, may, oh, yeah, maybe. And, I mean, if the pass is any indication, if you do host, it's it's going to be the regional of death. And yeah. But then again, if you, if you go as the two seed somewhere, it's probably going to be the regional of death just because you're Southern Miss and that's typically how things go. I I kind of hold to the principle of play as much baseball as possible in your home park, and and just go from there. I don't care who it's against. I, I think you feel better when you're playing at home. I feel like we've played better at home all year long. And yeah, you're gonna have to beat some good teams, but that's that is true at any any regional. Yeah, there there might be some ones that are a little more favorable, but I think you'd feel much better um, even against some really good teams if if. You know, if you do host in Hattiesburg, we will see some really, really good teams coming to Pete Taylor Park. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm all for hosting a brutal regional. Done that before. Um, favorite rally totem, for example, bike, <laughs> lizard, squirrel. 2. There there've been a lot that have come up this year, especially in this little skit. I feel like people have been trying to yeah to find them.
1: Uh, but the rally hot dog from '17. Oh, I don't even know if that was a rally hot dog, but uh, it was just maybe just oh, a regular yeah. hot dog. But yeah.
0: Have the hot dog costumes right yeah. around the peat. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I'm a big rally tube guy. I think that was just the strangest, most random thing. And you're also playing really good baseball. That, that's what makes a good rally item is it works, and you're playing really well. Uh, yeah, but there's there would be some good ones. I saw the rally lizard today, and it seemed to work. <laughs> All right. Britt Johnson says, uh, okay, this is the question I was referring to. If there are any benefits to the recent slump, what would those benefits be? I feel like maybe I answered that a little bit, but Pat, go.
1: for Yeah, it. I mean, I guess it's just like you know, once you get to the postseason, I mean, you could not play great in the postseason, but you feel like you've already gotten kind of your, you've been on the, on the Schneid part of your season, and <laughs> yeah, you, you don't feel like bring your like I know a lot. Of, we've talked about those state fans like, oh, U.S.M. They're gonna get to the postseason. They were not gonna hit a slump at all, and they're gonna, you know, fall flat on their face. So you kind of. Feel like maybe that won't happen now that you've already gone through the slump, but yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking.
0: Yeah, and in that slump, you you were not healthy, and so you I think you just are a lot more confident with with everybody back, particularly with Reese Ewing swinging it the way he did today and getting on base all weekend. Um, and you just you played really well these last two days with your backs against the wall, and your your backs are always against the wall in the postseason. So um, I, I think there are some benefits that came out of it. Cloverleaf Mall says lots of discussion surrounding the elimination of conference divisions and going to pods what will the Sun Belt look like in two to three years if this happens Pat this is your wheelhouse I'll let you take <laughs> this one
1: I don't think that the Sun Belt would do that um I think it you know the, the, so anyways the pe- people that um that have been following the NCAA they're gonna get rid of some waiver or they're gonna give some waiver free. you don't have to have um divisions and this is kind of going kind to of pave the way for the SEC to do 14 pods. But it's not going to be, just be the SEC. I mean, I think other leagues are looking at it as well, even maybe some group of five leagues. But um, I really don't think the Sun Belt would do that just because it's very geographical. I mean, I think that was the whole reason these three or these four additions were made um, was to have, you know, nice and tidy divisions. So I feel like the Sun Belt is not a, um, a division or a conference that would really benefit from that. Um, so, I mean, maybe it'll be talked about, but I don't think it's very likely. If it did happen, I mean, I don't know. you put us and ULL and Troy and uh, South Al in a in a pod maybe. I mean, it would be a thing where maybe you play three or four teams from your pod and then you rotate around uh, the other um, four or five games. But, yeah, I think the divisions in the Sun Belt are uh, going to stick. Yeah.
0: Knight Jeremy says, if seating for conference tourney, tourney is the same as it stands today, who starts game one and two I'm assuming for for Southern miss on the mound. Um, and Jonathan Brent, actually one of our loyal listeners, sent this question in a, a few days ago too. this is an interesting question kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week uh, about the regional who you start in in regional play against a four seed Kind of the kind of the same thing, but you also have to to take into consideration rest days. Uh, you go Thursday, Friday, Saturday against the middle, and you'll play on Wednesday, like you said, at 4 o'clock, if everything sticks the way we think it's going to. So the question you have to ask is, are you going to send your typical rotation out there on one day shorter rest than you already sent them out? Uh, they'll throw on a day shorter rest, and then you, are you going to send them out there again a day shorter and then turn around and throw the Friday of the regional, uh, the week following it, on on rest that's you know maybe a little bit too long um so I I think you throw Matt Adams uh there's been some question of Ben Etheridge is is maybe injured because we haven't seen him the last couple of weeks but I I feel like you have enough in the bullpen and we'll take particularly Matt Adams I feel like he's shown enough to where you feel like you can beat UAB who would be your eight seed if, if you're playing as the one
1: Right. Well, I mean, it would be five days of rest, right, for Hall. So, I mean, I I don't think they're aren't going to move anybody up because that would be four days of rest. So, like, let's say they would say, "Oh, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to pitch Riggins on Wednesday." Well, I don't think they'd do that because that would only be four days of rest. No, no. So, my guess is it would just be normal: Hall, Riggins, Waldrup. I mean, Hall on
0: on that Wednesday.
1: Yes. Uh, I mean, now you could. I mean, maybe you could bump everybody back. You could, like you were saying, you could have Adams on Wednesday. Uh, I mean my gut is though that uh they 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 would just play normally well, and then yeah but I mean I could see I mean yeah, they, if like you said if you give Adams go Adams on Wednesday then you could give uh your three guys a full um a full weekend or a full week of rest where it'd be the uh, usual 6 days with Hall on Thursday and then if everything goes right then yeah. um well, it would be more than a week because then you'd have Riggins on Saturday. That would be seven days of rest. And then Waldrup yeah. would go in the uh, Sunday game, which would be a full seven days. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's something to think about for sure. Um, I guess, you know, if, if you're thinking from Barry's perspective, maybe you, you, Matt Adams would be a little bit risky, though. Like you're saying, he's a guy I think you can, can get past UAB. I mean, I think UAB is pretty comparable to a South Al or Southeastern, those teams to pitch well against. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, like you're saying, rest days and a lot to factor in.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. I mean, you sent Hunter Stanley out against Western Kentucky last year on Wednesday of uh, that tournament last year and had Walker Powell go on that Thursday. So, yeah, I mean, I th- I would lean more the direction of going a Matt Adams on Wednesday, but Coach Barry and Coach Ostrand are typically a little more traditional and uh, just kind of send their best out there um, in whatever the next game is. So... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. Great question, uh, Jeremy. Blake says best case scenario if we host, and best case scenario if we are a two seed somewhere. With this one, quick, we've talked about that a lot.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I think uh, best if we host. Uh, your two seed is like I don't know, like Oklahoma or somebody like that. And then your three is uh. I don't know, maybe like if Lafayette won their Sun Belt, uh, if they won the Sun Belt title, and then your four is Alabama State or somebody If like that. So like Oklahoma, Lafayette, and Alabama State or somebody like that would be the best. And then the, what, what was the Oh, a two seed. Yeah, two uh, seed, yeah. Uh, I mean, I was like the Maryland example. I mean, I don't think that's terribly likely. But it is. I mean, if you're looking right now, let's say USM does not host. The only team within the – well, I guess I'm saying Florida State is going to host now, but. Right now, but let's. It's very possible Florida State is not host. So let's say Auburn's is the only team within the 400 mile, uh, radius. Uh, which is kind of similar to 2010 when we went there. It was a down year throughout the region. Florida State didn't host. almost the State didn't host. LSU didn't host. Um, so yeah, that was year we went to Auburn. But it was really down year. Uh, kind of around this region like it is this year, but. I mean, who knows that if if you don't host and Auburn's the only team within the 400 mile radius, uh, is very possible FSU would be the two seed at Auburn. So at that point, it's you know who knows where you'd go anywhere really. I mean, it would probably be kind of within this greater area. I don't think you'd go out to the West Coast, but uh, I mean, you could go like to College Station, which I think is somewhat winnable. I think Texas a having a really good year, but uh, it's, it's kind of mostly just a Jim Schlossnagle doing a really good coaching job. I don't think the roster is really up to Being uh, elite yet, but they've kind of overachieved. So you may go to College Station. I mean, you could go to Nashville, which I don't think would be great. Athens, Knoxville, I mean, obviously that's the nightmare scenario. Um, Louisville, maybe. Um, So I don't know. I think maybe your best case if you're two is Louisville. But Louisville's always pretty good in June. So I don't know. It's it's tough to say. Really tough to say.
0: Yep. Jacob says, I like this one, if you had to pick one arm to get you out, uh, to get you one out, and or one bat to get a game-winning RBI, which players would you pick and why?
1: Uh, Give me Landon Harper to get my one out and Ooh. one bat to get a game-winning RBI. Well, it's going to have to be somebody – I mean, I would say – It's hard not to go Gabe Montana. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say because I feel like he has kind of the best bat-to-ball skills yeah. on the team. Doesn't have as much power. But if you just need – a, if you don't need a home run, you just need like a single – uh, and you just with this history of doing that, like Fitz says and the, uh, the mentions there against Arizona State, I think oh, yeah. uh, Gabe would have to be pretty high up on that list. So, well, And he's
0: just, I mean, he's however many thousand
1: plate appearances he right. has through the year. Experience. And he's,
0: he's done it in the big spots. Uh, yeah, so I'd go, I'd go Gabe there. I like the Landon answer as well. All right, let me look through. I think that might be it. Hopefully we hit all of these, again, kind of last minute, so I apologize if we did miss any. Uh, we will, we'll ask, answer some more questions next week, obviously headed into the conference tournament, try to do that weekly, uh, as we move down the line in, uh, this is the best part of the year, just pure chaos. So many different things can happen and every single game matters immensely, Patrick, uh, and it's it's just uh the month of what what this month is, is only it? May. This is only May, folks. This is only May, and we will be with you every step of the way. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, three big ones against Middle Tennessee in Murfreesboro. Pat, anything else to add on this uh this
1: episode? I think that's it.
0: Okay. Well that'll do it. We will uh tentatively be back next uh tuesday back to our regular schedule but uh, obviously we will keep you updated if you don't follow us on twitter at buzzardry pod follow along for all the updates you need to know on the show greatly appreciate you being with us and we as always have a lot of fun being with you that's patrick mcgee my name is ben milan this has been another episode of buzzardry thanks for being with us hope to have you with us next time This has been Buzzard Dree.
1: Thanks for listening, and be sure to share and leave a review. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Buzzer Dree Pod for all you need to know about the show. See you next time.